0: turn our hearts to God in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, as we have already heard and Thou hast heard the praise of Thy children, that we need Thee every hour. Father, truly we do need Thee. Not only every hour, we need Thee every day. We need Thee, Father, throughout our entire journey way. So we ask that Thou would again be with us as we gather here, that Thou hast heard the sighs of Thy people before we have entered this Thy house, that Thou would break bread with us. Father, humble our hearts, for Thou knowest that we are proud. Father, we ask that Thou would make us small, for we grow so big. And we need then, Father, when Thou reveal revealed unto us that we are nothing, that we have fallen before Thy feet with no help from within. But, Father, we are thankful that, that the Good Shepherd has found us And the good Samaritan has located us and beheld our condition and that he has lifted us up cleansed our wounds poured in oil and wine and thereby we are healed and thou hast also changed our heart so that we no longer want to journey in the past where we have been and Father, watch over us, so that even as the reminders are throughout thy word in the new and the old, that those who had once begun upon the way and had crossed the Red Sea through great tribulation, yet they had returned to the flesh pots of Egypt. Father, that temptation is yet within our flesh, and we need, Father, thy guidance thy power and strength, thy spirit. So, Father, we do thank thee this morning that we have such a Savior and a Redeemer. Allow that we would and that all would come to to know him who to know is life and salvation. Hear us, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. God's grace, mercy, and peace be with us as we have gathered here under a high name, the highest name given among men, whereby we must be saved. And we thank God, the Heavenly Father, who has cared for us, has protected us, and that He has heard the cries of the helpless and the poor and even the poorest and most wretched of us have a hope of eternal life because of what God our dear Father has provided for us a sacrifice through his Son yesterday I had a call from uh, Brother Bill Hill in Ironwood many of you heard that he had a angina, he had a heart attack when his son Paul heard of it he flew out immediately to try to help take care of of John and then he spent uh, close to a week in the Veterans Hospital in Iron Mountain and the other day he was able to return home again and he asked if I would carry his greetings from him and his son John and he said it has been good for him that God has drawn him closer unto the lover of his soul so let's remember such as as him and Others who are upon beds of pain who cannot be here with us. And also this morning we would want to remember one who has had much pain because of us. And that is the Lamb of God, our sacrifice. And when we behold him, then we could also examine ourselves to see that where are we journeying. What is the dearest and the closest love within our heart? What is the greatest longing within our heart? So with that prayer we would enter into the word of God here briefly. With that hope that God would hear our sighs and that you also would enter the chambers of your heart and ask the Heavenly Father that he would provide for you and also for a wretch like me. I'll read from the Holy Word here in the seventh chapter of St. Luke 10 verses beginning with the 40th verse. the end of that chapter in Jesus name and Jesus answering said unto him Simon I have somewhat to say unto thee and he said master say on there was a certain creditor which had two debtors the one owed 500 pence and the other 50 and when they had nothing to pay He frankly forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him most. Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman, I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she had washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint. But this woman had anointed my feet with ointment, wherefore I say unto thee, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat with him began to say within themselves, Who Is this that forgiveth sin also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee, go in peace. Amen. We see here in this text how the reason why Jesus spoke these words, for he says, Behold, a woman in a city which was a sinner when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, began to wash his feet with tears, and did wiped them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake, within himself saying this man if he were a prophet would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him for she is a sinner have we felt within our own hearts this Pharisee feeling that why would someone sit with sinners Why wouldn't Jesus have driven the sinner away knowing as the whole world knew that she was a sinner? And not only did the whole world know, but she also knew that she was a sinner. And this is the greatest work that God can begin within our hearts as he did in hers that she came to know that she was a sinner. But here we read that Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, go on and say what thou wilt. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed him 500 pence and the other 50 and when he had nothing to pay he frankly forgave them both tell me therefore which of them will love him most so we see jesus says here that he forgave them both are we able to forgive such a sinner whom only jesus has been able to forgive How is it with us that have we come to know this suffering savior, the one who has said and cried from the cross for you and for me in our behalf, that my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is what Jesus saw. That's what the heavenly father sees also in the hearts of sinners. Even those many times who have brought sorrow to our own hearts, perhaps even our children in their youth when they have ran in the ways of this world, it is one thing when this flesh draws us into the pleasures and the cares, the love of this world. God is able to deal with them if they hear the living word. He is able to awaken them and lead them back. But then it is another story, another matter. When the doctrine is not that of living Christianity, that where man needs to become a sinner, which today is being rejected in the world and among those who love the world, when God has awakened man to the knowledge of his sin, some a little, and others more. Beloved, let us not mock those, even as the Pharisee did here, because much had been forgiven to one sinner who had a greater sin debt forgiven. Perhaps it was more than what is shown here where it mentions the amount of the debt for one owed 500 pence and the other 50. Nevertheless they had both been awakened by the Word of God. But then for us to bear Those who yet love the world, beloved, that heart is not in us, in our flesh. Even though the Spirit of God has come to abide in the heart of the sinner, yet there are those who have not known the depths of sin. But it it seems here even in this parable that we have read, or it may be a real happening, that this one that had truly come to see that she was a sinner, then she had nothing to offer unto God, and we see here that there were, it was in, in a house. where where Jesus had met this uh, sinful woman who came to seek him. For it says, And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee concerning these creditors. But here earlier it says, When a Pharisee which was bidden him saw it. A Pharisee had called Jesus into his house. And he wanted, he loved the Savior, and he wanted to come to know this Jesus, this man whose name was Simon. This man, if he he were a prophet, he began to say within himself, who should have known who and what manner of woman this was that touched him for she is a sinner Oh, that we would be patient with those also who have seen the very depths of sin and that we would not begin to eat and drink with the drunken as we are reminded by Jesus himself in the last days that there would be those who would begin to eat and drink with the drunken and to begin to make light of God's word and of Christianity but in this parable it shows us the great need that a man would come to know that he has not only a ten thousand talents sin debt that he owes unto the Heavenly Father but even if he came to know that he owed a debt of 500 pence and the other which was smaller and when he asked the question then of Simon that which of these do you suppose would love him more he said kind of doubtedly that I suppose that it would be the one that had more forgiven and so it is then that uh, there is a danger when we have only received a little bit forgiven as we are reminded that we would not begin to eat and drink with the drunken and that we would begin to sit with the mockers where sin becomes permissible and little by little we begin to reject the children of God begin to mock them and say I want to hear this kind of a gospel I don't want to hear reminders of those things which have not been revealed to me that are wrong, that are dangerous, that are sin before God, but let us patiently pray unto the Heavenly Father that he would reveal unto us that which is dangerous for us upon the journey way. Oh, that it would not be with us as it was with Esau. For when Jesus began to speak to him through the prophet in that day. And when the blessing then was uh, proclaimed unto Jacob, Esau then began to ask that, Father, hast thou only one blessing? Oh, what a sad thing it would be on that last day if we would begin to cry unto the Heavenly Father and say, Father, didst thou have but only one blessing? Was it only to him who had a great sin debt, but my sin debt was so small that I was not concerned on my journey and my walk? But well, we see how it was then with Esau later on when he began to cry unto the Father. Even though he sought salvation in tears, it was not granted unto him. For he only blamed Jacob. And he told Isaac this way, that my brother has deceived me twice. And perhaps this is the reason why, though he sought for salvation, for forgiveness, even in tears, it could not be found within his heart because all he had to bring to God was his brother's sin oh that we would not have only our brother's sin to be bring to the heavenly father but that we would have our own sin as this one discreditor who owed 500 pence and even that was only about half of that great sin debt or only a part of that great sin debt that we have come to see when the word of God has awakened us to our lost condition. So then as we consider Esau and Esau's heart, have we found within our own heart that kind of a heart as Esau had that we have only another person's sin to bring to God or to bring to Jesus do we see a closeness a dear dearness within Our heart when we behold our brethren our brothers and our sisters those of us who have been awakened in the beginning to the knowledge of our sin and sinfulness and have nowhere else to turn but unto Jesus among his flock and among his children When we have become the greatest of sinners, and we saw the blackness of our own heart, there was no one else that was a greater sinner than I am. Have we experienced this within our own heart in the beginning of the journey, when the first love had burned warmly within our heart? But how is it today? Have we begun to sit with the mockers, where sin has become permissible but Jesus has loved us so much that he has called us unto repentance he has awakened us to see what we are but how soon we could be returning to those ways as it was with the children of Israel when they crossed the Red Sea. After a short time upon the journey they again longed for the water and the bread of plenty in the land of Egypt and began to mock their leader and their brethren. May this not happen to your heart and to mine when we begin to clench our fist at the word of God. We began to hate our brethren, and we know how close this is to all of us. It should make every one of us guilty. Do we have a close unity with the Lord Jesus this morning? Do we have a close unity with our brethren as we once did? Or have matters arisen between us and between them that we no longer can have a closeness Have we learned meekness at the feet of Jesus? Or have we become proud? Have our hearts become hard? Have we hardened our hearts? Have we learned the meekness and the lowliness of the Lamb of God? Oh, that God would allow that we could again return to that first love. Has the flock of God become so narrow here before us and among us? Or has it become so broad that we cannot journey with those either? But may God allow that we would, we would yet be washed in the blood of the lamb, and that we could put away every weight and sin that besets us, and those matters which have come between us, that we would begin to question and say, That is it I, even as the disciples? Is it I that has forsaken the Lord Jesus? May God grant unto us that heart of Jesus, even as it was for this one that had so much forgiven. But when we behold that the flock of God is too narrow, then many are tempted then to leave that flock and go to an establish another because, yes, we can say the doctrine is the same. We believe in the forgiveness of sin. We believe in the merits of Jesus, but yet sin has become permissible. And for that reason we can no longer journey upon the narrow way with that flock. So, beloved, has it so happened in my life and in your life that we are no longer able to journey together because we have grown so big and we have become so strong? That we are able boldly to war against God's children, and when we do so, God's Word teaches us that we also contend against god himself and against his son may god grant that our hearts could again be warmed in that place where jesus has hung upon the cross of calvary there where the sin debt of the whole world was placed upon him that is the place of festivities where our hearts were first warmed when we came to see that we were lost sinners before god is it such that we were only half awakened is it such that we only knew a part of our sin and that therefore we have again became begun to be brothers with those that have rejected the word of god oh what a sad thing it is to behold as many times it has happened in Christianity that parents have had to stand by the bedside of one who does not know anything of this world anymore. And yet the parent has known that their heart was not right with God. It has been a heavy place to behold loved ones in those conditions I have seen in my own parents, family those who have left in unbelief and who have been delirious and there is no hope Oh may God yet have mercy upon us who are living and that yet in behalf of them we would cry unto him who is able to help and who is able to teach us also to learn of him who is meek and lowly of heart, who is forgiven, who is one who is willing to forgive, all oh, that we would remember the first time, and that he would yet carry us unto the end of our journey, namely in those merits, of the Lamb of God. No matter how black you find your own heart, dear traveler, who has become weary upon the way, remember that there is only one bridge that will carry us over all the temptations, the struggles and the sins of this life, and it is that bridge, the blood of Jesus, which will lead us all the way to the shores of eternity let us always remember that when sin comes upon the heart and the conscience when the way gets too narrow for us that he would show us who has blazed the way so that even the poorest of God's people are able yet to believe that the Lamb of God has paid our sin debt even to the last drop and that that is the only bridge that will carry us Beyond the river of death. And there, then one day we can rejoice forever with him. And as we read here yet, he that seest thou this woman, I entered into thine house. Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since The time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loveth much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Oh, that we would be brought to that place again and again. And only by the preaching of the word of God, the two-edged sword. We know that when Jesus walked here upon the face of this earth, as the elders have written and and preached, that Jesus has walked the, the edge of both blades of that sword, namely the law of God also, which is necessary that man would come to the knowledge of his lost condition, And also his grace and his mercy his righteousness we remember that his garments have been red and they have been white they are white with the innocence of the Lamb of God and we also can have our garments washed white in the purity and the innocence of the Lamb of God but yet they are red those garments are red by His suffering and by His death, by that sacrifice that He paid for you and me. Let us always remember to look to Him who had to suffer and die and shed His blood to the last drop. But He didn't have to remain upon that cross, beloved. Neither do we have to remain under the burdens of our own sin, but we too will be lifted from there through the sacrifice of the Lamb of God and on the last day we also shall be lifted to that day of the eternal resurrection where we will rejoice with him where we have wanted to thank him here poorly but we are unable but one day beloved even though here we have within our heart that precious signet that we have been engaged to the Lamb of God. It is hidden within, deep within, this corruption, and therefore we are not able to remember it often, of the great price that has been paid for us. Full and free, the way has been opened and blazed for us. But one day, beloved, that lamp that is within, that ring of promise, when this earthen vessel shall be broken, then... Surely we will thank and praise Him as we ought. So may God provide for us and that He would yet protect us until that day when we can enter into the realms of glory and there we can thank Him forever. Even as reading this morning in the Song of Solomon, when he says, This way that I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, O friends, drink. Yea, drink abundantly, O beloved. Here we are able to drink even as it was shown a thousand years before Jesus had to suffer and to die upon the cross. Solomon, that was pictured even as a as a picture of the Lord Jesus. And here he was able to partake of it already in his day. And he speaks to his love to my dove my undefiled how precious then that we also are able not only to be called servants but we can be called his friends for he says oh friends drink ye drink yea drink abundantly O beloved so may we also be able to drink from that fountain of life so that one day when we finish and complete the journey here shunning the things of the past where God had lifted us from, that we would not return there to begin to smite our fellow servant and to drink, eat and drink with the drunken. May God spare us so that one day we can also rejoice with him, that we will not be left halfway upon the journey. This we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.